0: The hula hoop. Who gifted you the scarlet hula hoop?
1: The hula hoop. Who gifted you the scarlet hula hoop? The one which lit up when whirled up and down the waist. I fancied you were a dark sun warping space-time on your hips, an eddy of stars grooving you with all their glitter. I was the paltry, wonder-struck astronaut who'd sauntered cluelessly into a room where everything spun at light-speed and one couldn't help but grow younger. I pleaded, begged for you to please, sister, stop, but you kept whirling and weaving those enchanted rings. For to seize would have made the universe seize. So you spun on and on, and the next thing, you were no longer there, no
0: longer there. And, and I, am unborn. I am
1: born. This poem is by acclaimed Fijian poet
2: and philosopher Sudesh Mishra. It's something he's working on at the moment.
1: It captures the magic of childhood, discovery, and play. It takes me back to aimless afternoons playing games when I was four or five years old. I pretended to be in an upside-down world reflected in an extra-large stainless steel plate I'd hold in my hands.
0: Just being, really. I know what it's like to just go home and not really think about anything but how to actually cook up a good pasta sauce. That's very, very important to me. Those little moments in life, huh? uh, and out of out of the kind of stuff comes poetry now for me. I've just finished my sixth collection. Under the cover of COVID, they deal with childhood games, the sheer joy of being a child, and the loss that one experiences in the memory of those games.
1: Sathesha's poetry takes my breath away because it reveals greater emotional truths. He's written two critical monographs, five volumes of poetry, two plays, and several short stories. Today, we'll talk to him about two aspects of Fijian culture
2: that serve as inspiration for his poetry. Folk songs called Bidesia, which are an Indo-Fijian version of the blues. Sudesh draws on the motif of
1: Bidesia in his poetry, which are filled with longing for a lost homeland. And we'll talk to him about the age-old indigenous practices in Fiji that can help us live in better harmony with the planet.
0: The terrible thing about Western modernity is it erases memory, right? Because, because if you think about it, when, when I go to a supermarket and think about peanut tomatoes, I don't think about where it came from. It tomato consensus that it produced itself.
1: This is your bonus episode, chat room 12 on Scrolls and Leaves. I'm by Dinathan. And I'm Mary Rose Abraham. Uh, we have a
2: small request. If you're liking what you hear, why not consider donating? Details on our website, scrollsandleaves.com slash support. Also, a shout out to our listener, Thana Thrivedi, who told us of Sudesh's poetry. The Bedesia folk songs featured in this episode are from the Bidesia Project, a not-for-profit initiative of Smith Bhagat Studios. Sudesh lives in Suba, Fiji. The Pacific Island nation is just stupid beautiful, as in it stupefies you with its beauty. It's in the South Pacific Islands between Hawaii and New Zealand. And the culture of Fiji is a mongrel, half islander and half Indian. Rather like Sudesh's poetry too. A lot of people don't know this, But at the turn of the 20th century, the British took Indians to colonies like Fiji to work on plantations as indentured laborers. Sudesh's grandparents
1: were among them. Many laborers came from villages in North India, Uttar Pradesh and Bihar especially. And once on the plantations, they'd be filled with longing for home. And they'd sing their village songs, laments really, for a lost past.
0: The Pagesia, which are songs of longing and separation. Huh? So imagine that song being sung by a woman in BG. who's separated not only from India, but from her village, from her family. Maybe from a lover, I don't know. has became very, very big in plantations of Fiji, sung uh, mostly by women. You know, the songs that express longing due to separation. And bidessi itself means from another place, yeah? from bidess, from a foreign land. So these these are uh, these are amazing songs, and they're very very moving. And you know, we we still sing them. What happens in Vanessa would be the singer is singing about how the Arkati or the recruiter's agent lied to them and took them away from their village. and They are now singing about their lost village and sometimes the village becomes an embodied lover or lost husband or something of that sort and how their longing for them is so enormous that they can't endure. So, the songs are very, very moving. The BBC has a song form diverged in North India, in the Hindi Hindidal, in the villages. So, it's a very distinct form, and the voice is very distinct. I think the melody probably existed in India. uh, And sometimes they would bring those tunes and then add new lines, uh, new verses. And sometimes they would create the verses here entirely. uh, But it's very hard to determine where the borrowings and the changes, whether some of them were just brought over peacefully from India and just adopted or created their own videos. The analogy that the is like the blues in the States is justified because, you know, the blues emerges out of the slave experience, out of suffering, which is why the blues is always about the color blue. Yeah, That's the mood, the mood of melancholy and mournfulness. And the Bidya captures that as well. Same melancholy, same sense of mournfulness. It's quite interesting because the moment slavery ended indenture began because they still need the cheap labor. So you can see how the blues is emerging, and then indenture happens, and then the bidesia emerges in its plantation form. So the perils are there. not saying they're the same experiences, but the perils are there. Can you sing something for us? (laughs) I just need a few glasses of wine before I begin. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll sing you. Ghirghir badra, Savanwaki hai Rama, Kavanina gariyame, Chaire vidasiyah. Uh, Kavanina gariyame, Chaire vidasiyah. This is the uh, Ghirghir uh, So the badra are the clouds, the dark clouds. The dark clouds of Sawan, which is the monsoon, have gathered Lord Rama. But where is the foreign one? which place? So it begins with that question, and then the verses start to actually express that sense of loss of so for instance in a river. Amuake Dalia me kuhuke koeliaho Amuake Daliape Kuhuke Koeliaho Manuame Gare So it says on, on the on the branch of a mango tree, the koel, which is an Indian bird, goes My heart has been set aflame by the fallen one, the lost one.
2: These days, Sudesh is finding the joy in the slower pace of island life. And as he's grown older, He's become critical of the way we humans think of ourselves as something special on the planet.
0: The problem is that because of our consciousness of ourselves as, in fact, different from animals, we've forgotten the connection we have to every aspect of this planet. Uh, And that's always been a little trick that uh, European culture has actually foisted on us. You know, I mean, if you you think about indigenous Fijian culture, that separation is not there. it's, it's just not there. And I think we have to go back. Modernity has misled us. The terrible thing about Western modernity is it's a, it erases memory, right? Because because if you think about it, when when I go to a supermarket and think about a can of tomatoes, I don't think about where it came from, who packed it, who grew it. You, you lose sight of the, the farmer, the labor power of the farmer, the seed, soil lose sight of the connections that the, the tomato that you're going to eat is connected in all kinds of real ways to, to land, to people, to labor power, etc. And I think, you know, that's that's the danger of the commodity. Chen tomato convinces us that it produced itself.
1: He says that in contrast to Western knowledge systems, the indigenous cosmologies of Fiji stress that humans are part of the planet.
0: Every time you're anywhere, you're always in connection to something else other than yourself. You're always, you know, either leaning on a tree, uh, walking, you know, barefoot on on the beach, you're connected to the sand, uh, rain falls on you, you're connected to the water that's falling on you. So basically, we are just one element within the planetary assembly. And I think we have to rethink ourselves as just an element, not a special one, not a unique one but just another element within an assemblage and therefore put ourselves in a position where we have a duty of care to all the non-human things that make us what we are.
2: Sudesh says that in Fiji, people are returning to the old ways of living and relating to the planet, especially now with COVID.
0: In Suva, where I live, you'll you'll find idle land, that is land that is not used, but it belongs to maybe a village or maybe the council. But you will find that the idol land is used by people around there to plant their their staples, plant Dalo or Cassava, which is there, yams. No one will complain, no one will protest. I do it myself. Outside my land there is just this vacant land and I have my Roro patch, which is a kind of leaf that grows in Fiji, it's very tasty, like spinach. I have my Roro patch there and next to me someone else has planted and next to him someone else has planted something. And the land belongs to none of us. <laughs> we have so much vegetables at the moment because we just uh, went through the COVID crisis. And our country depends mostly on tourism. So hugely more people lost their jobs. What they did, most of them, they went back to their villages and started growing their own food. And, and started to share crops. There was a barter system introduced. And it, it's incredible what's going on. Uh, because of uh, climate change, they've also gone back to a a system called Tambu, which means prohibition, where a particular village can impose five-year prohibition on fishing in a particular section of the sea Uh or reef. Uh, And this is uh, uh, an old practice. This is a practice that was part of the culture so that they knew that food resources here were short, so you need to, in fact, protect the area for a period of time. What's happening is a, a, a new focus on fending for yourself because uh, I think we all understand that if you get hit by five cyclones in a row and if the soups from Australia and New Zealand don't come bearing food we'll have to rely on the old system of preserving food for the cyclone season. They bury the root crops, they use fermentation, smoking of fish, all kinds of traditional uh, ways were used to preserve food for about three months of the year. So it's important to revisit these practices because I think if there is a real crisis, we might have to rely on some of these practices. In this way, in fact, what's happening around the facilities is a revival of indigenous practices, which are actually, in my view, more modern than modernity.
1: You were listening to Sudesh Mishra on Chatroom 12. For more information and other episodes, visit scrollsandleaves.com chatroom12 or follow us on Twitter, at ScrollsLeaves, or on Instagram, at ScrollsAndLeaves, or like us on Facebook. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another chat room, this time about a murder mystery in Guatemala. Stay tuned!